0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the TTP Football Show, brought to you by Trust the Process Analytics and 12 Squared. I am your host, Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. You can find Trust the Process Analytics at TTP underscore analytics. Very excited for you guys today. Got a great guest, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, is here to talk some Viking talk. But before we get to that, big day today, we have launched... Our player grades, along with the competitive completion percentage for week two, those are all live on our Patreon. The link will be in the uh, description of the podcast. Once again, we'd like to thank Matthew for coming on the show. And here he is, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the podcast. And it is Minnesota Vikings Day. Uh, With me today is the owner, founder of Purple Insider. You can find him on Twitter at Matthew Collar. It is Matthew Collar. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, sure. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, this is a little surreal for me. Um, I know this is Minnesota Vikings Day, but uh, I'm a Buffalo guy. <laughs> you know, you're more or less a Buffalo guy, so it's, it's interesting to, to have listened to you on the radio and then have you on my podcast as and talk not talking about kind of what I originally uh, discovered you on Buffalo Radio,
1: but nonetheless, it's nice to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am wearing currently a uh, UB basketball T-shirt, so um, there you, you go. know, I'll, we'll always have the Buffalo roots. You have never, you have not left the motherland behind completely.
0: <laughs> so let's talk some Minnesota Vikings. Um, before we get into sort of the the season, the game, I want to just go a little bit into Rick Spielman, Mike uh, Mike Zimmer sort of the philosophy because I find it really interesting for a long time. The Vikings have been well, even going back to the Chris Carter, Randy Moss, that kind of thing. To me, they were always this perennial 10 win playoff contending team. And then I don't want to say they've died a slow death. Um, you know, since they got there, they won the division twice. They finished second, but for a team that that's building around kind of defense and running the ball. And you brought this up, I think on your podcast either today or, or yesterday, the offensive line has sort of never been been great. For for a team that really banks on running a defense, for some reason, they haven't maybe tried that hard or at least haven't it hasn't worked out for them when it comes to building the offensive line.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of the bugaboo of the entire Mike Zimmer era. There's only one season in which they even rank um, in terms of pass blocking by pro football focus, even in the middle of the league. And that was 2017. So all the rest of the years, they are in the bottom half and sometimes all the way in the tank like last year. And after week one, it's hard to think that there's going to be any difference there. And I did an article looking at this during the Zimmer era on whether it was luck or whether it was process for their offensive line. Because I think that there is some element of luck to anything that we're talking about, whether it's drafting or trades or signings contracts that if one goes belly up because of an injury or something like that, um, what can you do? You can't look at the general manager and say, what were you thinking drafting that guy when uh, he got an injury that was unforeseen? And that has happened to the Vikings in, on multiple occasions with someone like Mike Hughes, or even this year with Christian Dersa. Um, But you know, you go back and what you find a lot of is Trying to sort of put it together with paper and glue and, and, you know, a couple of, um, you know, paper clips and and tape and stuff (laughs) like that. And I mean, there's been a lot of like, let's try to sign this guy who another team got rid of who signs for $2 million and hope that that works. And you go back to, you know, 2016 Now on one side or 2000, yeah, 2015, 16 on one side of the offensive line, Matt Khalil is a good draft pick for them. Everybody thought oh, it was a great draft pick, solidify your left tackle. And then he just fell off the face of the earth after his first season. That's bad luck. The process was good in drafting uh, Matt Khalil, but it just didn't work out but they also signed Andre Smith to start at right tackle. Andre Smith had been far past his prime. That didn't work out. They spent a lot of money in signing Alex Boone. And that was another thing where you went like, well, is that that kind of a lot to, you know, sort of invest in a guard and that didn't work out necessarily either. Um, They did have some along the way, some ones that did work where they picked up Joe Berger as a backup and he developed into a good player. But for the most part, their swings at this, have just not really worked. And I think that uh, aside from the Alex Boone signing and the Riley Reef signing, which has actually really worked out really, really well, a lot of times it's the cost-saving measures that they've taken that have often come to hurt them. It's you know signing Josh Klein to a one-year deal, trying to patch over the offensive line with Dakota Dozier, who is a career backup. Things like that have rarely played out in their favor, and I think you sort of get what you pay for. I mean, the, they're sort of one for two when it came to big deals. The Reef one worked out. The Alex Boone one did not. Um, but they were 32nd in offensive line spending, I believe, two years in a row in terms of how much salary cap hit was being given out, um, which does happen when you're giving out a lot of money to a lot of defensive players or now, you know, a quarterback and other star players. Something has to suffer. And I think that's why, you know, sometimes I'll see people on Twitter sort of say, like, oh, I'm tired of everyone saying don't pay quarterbacks, don't pay quarterbacks. It's, I think when you pay a quarterback, you have to ask yourself, well, what can we get away with suffering if we do pay this quarterback? And I think the Vikings have, uh, whether it's been their choice or not, they've spent a lot of draft capital recently and it still hasn't worked out. Um, But, you know, it's been the offensive line that has been the one position group that's truly suffered uh, because they haven't been able to get a Joe Tooney or, or spend big money on a a free agent uh, that is a better play say than an Andre Smith or a Josh Klein. And I think that's a big part of it. And then, there's another, there's some other process things too. Like when you draft a center and he's not a good pass blocker in college, he's not going to be a good pass blocker in the NFL. And when you're setting up your team to run first in 2021 uh, and you draft a guy for his run first ability in the first round, uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked there. Was that really the right way to approach that? Um, Trading out of the draft pick they had this year and and moving down and getting a tackle who fell down the board. Is that the right process? I guess we'll find out with Christian Derrissaw. So I think it is a mix of, they have had some bad breaks, but it's just very hard to solve every position group with strength. When Kirk cousins has the second highest salary cap hit in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And I agree. And I think you said a lot of interesting things there and going back quickly to 2016, I was going through my draft value score data and I looked at 2016 and it's like every there I don't think there's one draft pick that is even on their team team anymore Treadwell, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, you know you kind of go down the list and and it feels to me like the Vikings are one of those teams that they were good, they know they're good, but maybe as you mentioned the band-aids and and then not drafting well at certain points has kind of put them in the spot where they're they're sort of unafraid to take their medicine, and they're not getting what they need in the draft or free agency. So, they're trying to just do the best they can to kind of to kind of move along, and and they feel like they have this this winning window, but maybe they're not really being honest with themselves, and and obviously probably taking their medicine requires either the coach or the GM to get fired, uh for, for that to happen. But it's a really interesting team, you know. They just. There seems to be no rebuilding with them.
1: Yeah, no, correct. And the way that you end up in NFL purgatory, I mean, the Vikings could write a book on it, which is uh, you pay a quarterback, a lot of money who can't overcome the shortcomings of your roster. That's like the starting point for this. But if you have uh, lucky drafts um, you can, but they have had unlucky drafts and I'm sure that You know, there's been a bunch of different data studies on how much is luck and how much is teams doing the right things and so forth, but I've never found any particular team to be magically good at it or just incredibly horrendous at it. Maybe the Raiders are kind of testing that in recent years, but over a long stretch of time and the Vikings in 2015 have one of the best drafts. I mean, maybe in history, I mean, they get Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs, Eric Hendricks and Trey Waynes. Uh, That's an incredible draft. And then the very next year, as you mentioned, Mackenzie Alexander left and came back but he is the only one still here. And and that's not even a major impact player. And if you look at their recent drafts, none of them come within any universe of what 2015 did for them. And I think if you're going to have so much cap space tied up in a few players, I mean, we put it on cousins mostly, but this is also a team that's tried super hard to keep all of their stars. And what do we always talk about with the Patriots? And of course, Brady has a lot to do with this, but the Patriots were just very, very smart when it came to, this is a guy we can replace. This is a guy we can't replace. And with the Vikings, uh, they don't want to replace anyone. Uh, if you were here when the team was good, they want to keep you. And eventually that caught up with them between 2019 and 2020. And at that point they should have acknowledged, okay, we've had our run. We've taken our swings. We've had some pretty good seasons in there, but now we've got to rebuild this thing. And instead they signed Kirk Cousins to a contract extension, they traded a second round pick for Yannick Ngakoue, which if again, you're being honest with yourself about where you are uh, in your winning window and knowing that it had closed in Santa Clara when they lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, that's when they should have known this is closed. Uh so Kevin Stefanski could have been the head coach, George Payton could have been the general manager, a draft pick could have been the quarterback. And and just as I'm saying these things, I don't know if you have any Viking fan listeners, but they're getting excited about what could have been (laughs) had they not decided, no, we need to stay the course here. And I think that that if we look back and we do revisionist history, I don't think it's the 2018 signing of Kirk cousins that will be looked at as a turning point. I think it will be re-signing him to a contract extension and locking themselves into sort of being in the same place. And then when you look at what they've done now, It's just pure desperation. I mean, it's signing Bashad Breland to a one-year deal, Sheldon Richardson, um, Patrick Peterson to a far too expensive one-year deal for what he had been coming off of in uh, Arizona the last couple of years, just trying to once again, like, let's just get as much talent as we can try to win this year, really go for it. But are you really in a spot where you should be going for it? But then again, when you have Justin Jefferson and Eric Hendricks and Harrison Smith, you can't really tank either. So they're kind of just stuck in that spot and something has to break eventually and it might be that it breaks that the NFC is not that good and the Vikings get their chance in the playoffs and they go deep I think that's there's a world where that happens but if we're talking about the most likely scenario it's that they stay in the middle they're 9 and 8 8 and 9 10 and 7 something like that and then you look around and go now what now what do we do you know, do you move on from the quarterback after you made the playoffs? Do you, um, you know, sign all these players who you had at one year deals to more expensive contracts or long-term contracts signing Harrison Smith to a long year deal was, I think, bizarre for somebody of his age that no one was going to compete with that deal. Um, and so I think that they've, They've gone from a a front office that had a couple of very good drafts that built up a a great team by 2017 and looked like they were sort of a premier front office to one that looks like it's been scrambling. And I think that uh, what you and I can do that they can't is sort of pull ourselves back and say, this is the objective view of your moves. And here's how it looks sort of in totality. But when you're trying to keep your job. I think that that view is a lot different, right? And, and yeah, it's oh, lot, absolutely. Right. And so I, I always want to acknowledge that this is when we criticize moves that they've made that like, we're not the ones who stand to have, you know, our families impacted by a losing season. And so we can say, well, why don't you just take a step back? Well, that might mean you taking a step out of town. So um, I do right. want to acknowledge that as well, but I think that when management, and I did, an, I did a story on this, I asked someone who was a former uh, personnel director, I said, what if there were terms? So it's like five-year term, for example, for a general manager, as opposed to we'll just fire you whenever, how would they approach things? And the answer was like much more with a long-term view of things. And and I think that that has not been the case because there's been so much pressure since 2017 to get back to the NFC championship.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems that I've kind of discovered with the NFL, the more I, I, I took a league view and I really got into sort of this this draft value, the the hit rate, the, the value returned on draft picks. And it really, you know, we talk a lot about continuity and obviously you don't want to, have continuity with, you know, Dick Duran per se, but you want to have continuity with the right people. And I think part of the problem is that owners are so impatient or, or they think fans are impatient that no one's really willing to give a guy a long-term, uh, you know, segment as you talked about. And, and then even going back to the the Patriots point you brought up, I was actually thinking that as you were talking, like they kind of sound like the Patriots without, without Tom Brady. And you know any vikings fans who are listening this may be a little bit demoralizing but i have i have 20 years of data of bill Belichick's hit rate when tom brady was there it's 44%. now i i can't compare that against every other team in the league yet but i'm willing to bet it's in the in the middle or at the bottom half and that's what you can overcome with a tom brady you know with a mahomes a watson that type of thing so i guess my next question is is i I mean, maybe the, it sounds kind of like the best thing for the Vikings is to just be be really bad this year. Obviously, not for Mike Zimmer and you know maybe for Spielman, but for the organization itself to really take a a good look at where they are. And I, I is is Zimmer on the hot seat? And if he
1: if he is, is Spielman there with him, or is Spiel would Spielman survive this? No, I think they're very much tied together. Now, I mean, if we're doing a pie chart of blame, I, I think that Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are exactly who they are. And, and what I mean is that Zimmer is never going to be the greatest head football coach in the history of the universe, but he's pretty darn good. Uh, and you and Buffalo have seen some pretty darn bad coaches, right? <laughs> and I think when... And when you really and you look around the league and you see Urban Meyer, like immediately just fall on his face, and Joe Judge, like these guys are coaching NFL teams, and Matt Patricia is the worst coach I think I've ever seen uh, in my career, just coach when. your your team you're covering goes up against a Matt Patricia team. And you're like, there's no chance that they beat the Minnesota Vikings today because the coaching advantage is so significant. I don't even care who's on the field. That's how bad it was with Matt Patricia. And that can happen if you fire your coach. So I always remind Vikings fans, keep in mind that your worst years with Mike Zimmer thing went wrong. Were seven and nine, his first year when he took over a team that was five wins the year before. And then uh eight, seven, and one, eight and eight, and seven and nine last year when they had to completely rebuild the defense and lots of players, including Daniel Hunter, got hurt last year. So that makes it very tough. Kirk Cousins is always going to have the exact same strengths and weaknesses as a quarterback that he has. So if you put those two in the perfect positions to win. We've seen Zimmer can take a team to the NFC championship in 2017. We have not seen Kirk cousins be able to take a team farther than eight and eight, which, uh, you know, 10 and six, one year, but you know what I mean? The 500 type of quarterback. Sure. And so as management, you look at these things and, and you say, well, if we have this quarterback, who's very expensive, but can't get us much farther Then what exactly are we doing to make sure that he can get us farther, right? Like, what does he need? He probably needs an incredible offense around him, but you have a defensive coach that says, but wait a minute, I'm a defensive coach. You brought me here to win with a number one defense like I did in 2017. And so I want all the defensive players and all the money spent on defense. And you, you just have this, like, three people who are sort of going in different directions. It's like, what does the front office want? What does the head coach want? What does the quarterback need to succeed? And it hasn't really been like conducive since um, Kirk cousins got here. And so I look at it as, you know, the front office is probably the most responsible because of the just poor Contracts, the decisions with the draft that have not worked out, Uh, luck or not luck, the goal is to win. You have to have them hit at some point, or you're just going to lose your job. Um, That said, I think that what the fan base would prefer is probably just new, new and new. And I think they are all tied together because in 2018, when they signed Kirk cousins, Mike Zimmer went to the podium and said, this was a unanimous decision that we all decided that Kirk cousins signing him was the right decision. And at that point, you all sealed your fates together. Like if Kirk doesn't play well, if your defense doesn't dominate, if your drafting doesn't work out, then all of you are probably out because that's the NFL. And I think that the staleness of just sort of doing this thing where you win one, you lose one year after year, I think it wears on everybody. So I don't think there's, there's anyone who could really survive this um, and maybe nor should they, unless there's that one scenario where it all clicks into place and they're fantastic and they get on a run and they go to the NFC championship or they go to the Super Bowl. Um, maybe there's enough talent on the team to do that. But I, th- I think that might be what it takes to convince Vikings fans that like this is going to be different going forward because they've just seen so much of the same. And you mentioned it, that if you grew up a Vikings fan, I mean, in the nineties, it was the same thing. It was like, uh, save for when Randy Moss gets there and they go 15 to one, it's just 10 and six, 10 and six, nine and seven, 10 and six first round out. I think it took until 97 for Denny green to win his first playoff game. And so right. it's just always the kind of the same thing over and over again. And so I don't, I don't, I don't think that ownership would look at a failed season here and say, well, you know, let's keep this person and move on from that. I think it would be a um, a house cleaning, so to speak, like it would be like what the Lions did: trade your quarterback, change your GM and coach, go in completely different direction.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes that's necessary just to energize the fan base. And he, I mean, even energize the owner. I mean, I'm sure owners get get sick of this as well. Looking at their schedule, this is this isn't the best schedule. This is a tough schedule. Well, and and I will say that they disappointed me last week. I picked them in a survivor pool. Against the Bengals and they let me down. So, what do you think? I, I know we're this is a proje- projection here, but where do you see the season going? I mean, do you, the Packers can't really be that bad? I mean, that would be like shocking. You should have traded Aaron Rodgers three months ago. Bad. So, what do you think is kind of the most likely? Is it that eight and nine, nine and eight, or are I thought they were maybe more like a six and eleven? team uh, w- when I kind of did some work in the off season.
1: Yeah. And I think that this is something that is hard for some Vikings fans to deal with. Uh, and I think it's hard for the front office to deal with is in reality, you probably have about a six or seven win team. And maybe you can get to nine or 10 if things go your way, which they didn't in week one, you fumbled and maybe the guy was down. Maybe he wasn't, but we're always playing this game. Uh, Last year it was Dan Bailey missed three kicks in a game. Like, yeah. And you lost. And so what, if you had won, then you're in the first round of the playoffs instead of sitting at home. But is that really that big of a difference if you're the seven seed or if you just miss the playoffs, like, is it really that big of a difference in today's. Set up, I mean, were you getting to the Super Bowl? Like, no, not with the team that you had. And I feel the same way about this year, where if they win seven or they win nine, like, what difference does it make? You're not fundamentally different. Uh, but when you go through the strengths and weaknesses and all the things that need to go right for this team to be great, like, you need Kirk Cousins to be a different person, so that's tough, like, different than he's ever been for his career. He's the most consistently. Kirk cousins, you know, just every year, every year is exactly the same. Every, almost every game, uh, like, you know, going into it, uh, in the first quarter, like where this thing is going with cousins. And, uh, so, you know, that you're capped at about 10 wins when you have him as your quarterback, uh, you know, that you've got enough talent to not lose a, a ton of games because you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Delvin cook, but your offensive line is still supremely weak. And the set, uh, the secondary is very fragile. If one person goes down, it could be a huge problem. Um, Anthony Barr is already out. Everson Griffin is hurt this week. So your defensive line is weakened and there's just not a lot of depth here at all. And, um, I've, I've gotten, of course, from fans who say, well, well, a lot of teams don't have depth. Right. But usually you're not dropping from an all pro to someone who's never played in the league before and is undrafted or something. I mean, that's the case throughout this roster. It's just extremely, extremely top heavy. So I look at it as, yeah, they, they could end up being something like seven and 10. They could end up being something like 10 and seven. Uh, and if the Packers don't snap back pretty quickly there might be a race there like there was in the NFC East because I don't think Chicago's any good. And right. I don't think Detroit is any good. You could end up with this really sad division this year. And it's been <laughs> a strong division for many years. But, uh, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be um, sort of an ugly fight throughout the season unless one of these teams proves me wrong. And obviously, like you said, the Packers have the best chance of being like, ah, remember when we were laughing at the Packers week one? <laughs> well, they're 13 and four. Like I still think that's very possible,
0: right? So, so basically, uh, last thing before before we go, I know you got to get going. Things probably aren't going to go well uh, this weekend against the Cardinals. I mean, obviously, people say you know Week One tends to lie, and I agree. But I mean, the Cardinals look really good. Uh, They're at home, so um, you know, unless I think their 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 run defense is suspect, but they've got a pretty nice defensive line over there and pass rush. So I think things are probably uh, not going to go that great for the, for the Vikings this weekend.
1: Yeah. And I think that based on the week one results, you would say definitely not, but there's also this part of me that has seen Mike Zimmer find ways to fight, to survive year after year after year. And I, so I am actually picking the Vikings in this game and I could be uh, very foolish. Who knows? I, I also said last week they'd win by two touchdowns. They did not do that. Uh, in fact, since I've been here, which I think is now six years, I have been absolutely awful at picking wins and losses for this team. (laughs) Like I, I've got a lot of things on, on lockdown, but picking wins and losses, this is why I don't gamble because I am just bad at it across the league. Terrible at picking wins and losses. Um, but I'm sort of taken back to a game where the Vikings played Philadelphia. Uh, maybe it was 2019 and Philadelphia had a great defensive line and a capable young quarterback, Carson Wentz, who at the time was sort of thought of as being really good. And now that's changed a little bit. But, you know, at the time, same with uh, Kyler Murray, like rising star quarterback. And they struggled at corner, and they loved to load the box. And what happened was the Vikings play-actioned them to death and hit on a bunch of big plays to Stephon Diggs. And I could see that same thing happening against Arizona, that even though they are loaded at, at different places and they have an exciting quarterback Um, But I think that Zimmer has a schematic advantage over Cliff Kingsbury and all they are is two or three deep shots to Justin Jefferson away from putting points on the board, playing from ahead, running Delvin Cook. So I I think this is a week where they could be much more competitive from the outset and play a really tough game against Arizona. But on the other hand, if they lose and Kyler runs around and throws a bunch of touchdowns, I mean, you're talking about a lot of pressure because they play Seattle and Cleveland after that, and, and that's even though those games are at home, that's really tough, and there's going to be no convincing me that they're going to win a whole lot of games there, and as you mentioned, the, the schedule is not super easy. So uh, this week carries a lot, a lot of pressure for everybody. Well, I appreciate
0: you coming on, Matthew. Uh, before we get out of here, let people know where,
1: where they can find you. They can find your work, your podcast, all that stuff. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, purpleinsider.substack.com is the website. And uh, Purple Insider is the podcast as well. So wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, whatever, uh, just type in Purple Insider. I had Chris Carter on the show yesterday. Oh, that's um, awesome. Vikings legend. Yeah, no, actually, he was he was really awesome. We talked to him about his favorite catch that he ever made as a Viking and about you know a lot of different things. Justin Jefferson, he broke down Jefferson. So it was cool. So if anybody wants to check that out, they can. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I would like to thank Matthew Collar from Purple Insider for coming on the show with me today. Really appreciate him taking some time to talk to me about the Vikings. Once again, we have our player performance values and the competitive completion percentage live now on the Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com backslash TTP.analytics is where you'll find that. Leave us a rating, leave us a review wherever you are listening to us if you can. We hope you will check out more of our shows, more of our analytics. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at TTP underscore analytics. We also have a Facebook page and Instagram account. And you can find me, Charlie Gross, on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore.